Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. We started speaking about a theme which I titled Stories of Grace and Truth. And what I began to show you was that this is God's heart for us, that He wants us to live our lives filled with stories of His grace and His truth at work in our lives to transform, to make a difference, to change for His purposes and for His glory. So I'd like to kick off today with a question, and the question is this, what difference can a story make? Well, the stories that we tell, we tell to ourselves and we tell others, will infuse our hearts and minds with either faith or unbelief, faith or fear, faith or uncertainty, faith or doubt. But we get to choose our story. So I'd like to read for you from uh, Numbers chapter 13 and give a powerful illustration of the difference that a story made for the nation of Israel. And I'm going to pick up in uh, verse 26. The setting is that they've The Israelites have come through the wilderness to the promised land for the first time. And God says to Moses, send spies to go check out the promised land and to come back with a report. So they select the best of the best from each of the various tribes. They select their leaders and uh, they send them out for a 40-day mission to go check out the land. After those 40 days, we pick up in 26. It says, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But... The people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev region. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can't certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim and the descendants of Anak come from Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We looked the same to them. And now we carry on in chapter 14, 
and I'm just going to go as far as verse 1. But I think this verse answers the question, what difference can a story make? It says, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. Now, I'm convinced that the spies did not decide what they were going to say only once they stood in front of Moses, Aaron, and the community. I'm convinced that the spies began rehearsing the story they would tell way before they were asked to give their report. And you know that we begin to believe the stories that we tell ourselves even as they began to rehearse the story that they would tell and they began to believe it way before they told Moses and Aaron. And once we believe the story that we tell ourselves, we become absolutely convinced that it is just so and can be no other way. Even as the spies who gave the bad reports believed it. But let's imagine together for a few moments what the spies were saying to themselves as they finished their mission spying out the promised land and as they began to make their way back to camp to give the report. Let's start out with Joshua and Caleb, who we know gave a good report. Well, I'm using my imagination, of course. <laughs> this is not recorded exactly so in Scripture. But I believe that they were probably saying something like this. This is the land, and now is the time. Lord, thank you for bringing me this far. Lord, you are so faithful. Lord, this is the land of promise. Of promise. God, you promised this land to us. And because of that, Lord, you will lead us. You will guide us. Your strength will become our strength. There's nothing too difficult for you, God. God, I thank you that you will lead us in triumph against our enemies. No one and nothing will be able to stand against us. Giants will fall and strongholds will break because there's no power like the mighty power of my God. Now by contrast, let's imagine the story that the other spies were rehearsing. The spies who relied on common sense. After all, that's what we use many times to justify the stories that we tell ourselves and that we go on to tell others. Well, it's just common sense. I believe the spies might have been saying something like this. I didn't survive this far to, to die fighting these giants. I'd rather pull back. I'd rather hold back. I'd rather even go back. Yes, the land looks good, but I, I don't think we can do it. In fact, I know we can't do it. Why should we listen to Moses? Hang on just a second. What we need here is some reason. Let's just apply some common sense. <laughs> if we step out, things could go badly wrong. In fact, I think we should rather just stay as we are. <laughs> you see, the mindset of the spies and the tone of their reports gives us a valuable insight into the power of their meditation. 
But let's ask a question because it's all too easy to blame those spies because we know how the story eventually pans out. But let's ask ourselves, what are we contemplating? And here's another good question. Does your contemplation lead to inspiration or desolation? Is your story infused with faith or fear? Just like the spies told a story that affected those who heard it, the stories that we tell will influence the hearts and the minds of those to hear it. But I believe this, that we need to train ourselves as sons and daughters of God, as men and women of a different spirit like Joshua and Caleb, to tell stories full of grace and truth. Now, are the challenges real? Yes. Are the giants there? Yes. Are the walls high? Yes. But as men and women of a different spirit, with a spirit filled with faith, we can train ourselves to tell a better story. And 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, training causes us to be thoroughly equipped. Let's say that together. Training causes us to be thoroughly equipped. Training prepares us to do good works. Training bridges the gap between listening and action. Training connects li listening with faith-filled action. So I thought I would do a little word study and looked up the word in the Greek that's translated as training in this passage. And the Greek word for training is padea, and not being a Greek person, I've probably pronounced that wrong. <laughs> but the first part of the word padea is paid. And from that, I believe we can say that there's no real learning without first paying the price. And I'm not talking about money. <laughs> You see, the amount of information we retain from listening only can be minimal. We pay the price when we choose to combine listening with practical application. When we apply what we learn, that becomes training. In James chapter 2, verse 21 and 22, it gives us this example it says, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. So he heard God, but he combined what he heard with faith-filled actions. Don't be worried about the beep. That's our UPS telling us that it's running short of power. <laughs> Let's actually just help it out here a little bit. Okay. 
So we can train ourselves to tell a different, better, more uplifting, inspiring story. A story that honors God. A story that inspires others. A story that is a testimony of a faithful life. A story that leaves a legacy. But do you know that we have to start with ourselves? Imagine if the other ten spies had changed their story on the way back to camp. They had challenged the fear, doubt, and unbelief with God's promises and reassured themselves by reminding themselves of God's faithfulness. And they had some great stories to tell, didn't they? The way God brought them out of Egypt with the plagues and took them through the desert. They got to the Red Sea. He parted the waters for them. They had some great stories to remind themselves with. And we have a Bible full of incredible stories to inspire us as well. But let me ask you, what is your internal story? What is the story you believe about yourself, your present, and your future? What is the theme of your story? Are you constantly focusing on the threat, the shortfall, the regret, the failures, the many problems, the uncertainty, the odds stacked against you, even as surely as those spies had odds stacked against them? Well, someone once said, we become that which we behold. I'd like to end with this passage from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. And I believe this teaches us to apply the wisdom of God to our lives and to make a better choice about the kind of story we choose to believe, about the stories that we rehearse internally about ourselves, about the situations we find ourselves in, and about our prospects for our future. So verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Friends, if it's true that we become what we behold, then we should choose to put before our eyes and to sow into our hearts the seed of good things, the seed of God's promises, the seed of God's faithfulness, of God's goodness, that we should remind ourselves of the many wonderful things that God did for people and for his people throughout the Bible. And many times when the Israelites faced um, dire circumstances and armies coming against them, that's exactly what they did. They began to speak out the promises of God and declare the faithfulness of God. And as they did that, God would say to them, here's the strategy to overcome this problem. This is what I want you to do. Let's choose each and every day to fix our eyes on Jesus and to be inspired by him and choose to 
change our story if need be and to make sure our story inspires faith, hope, and love. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?